Hello, Crossroads and guests. This is Pastor Lee. We're so glad that you've tuned in to our podcast today. I want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out my blog at pastorlee.org, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope the message today inspires and encourages you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. Amen, amen. You guys may be seated. What a service so far. It's exciting. I feel like the devil was trying to get at us this morning. People were sick and there's different things and we refuse to allow him to claim that victory, right? Sometimes he tries to remind me of my past. And I got to remind the devil of his future. You know what I'm saying? I got to remind him of his future. And we already won the battle, so it's all good. So as I was preparing for this sermon, I came across two stories. And it's kind of a sad story. There was a young athlete. He was an aspiring future athlete. And he fractured his neck in a roughhousing accident. He got injured and hurt his neck. And he was paralyzed from the chest down. He could use his arms, though. Last time I, I taught this, I got it wrong. But he could use his arms. And he was paralyzed from the, from the chest down. He fell into a deep depression, and he committed suicide and took his life. It's a very tragic and sad story. Then I came across another story of another young, young, young man who also was injured and fractured his neck in a, in a tragic car accident at a young age. He was also an aspiring athlete. But this young man became a very talented painter with his mouth. He became a very talented painter with his mouth, and he was able, by the time he was a senior in high school, to make these elaborate paintings using just his teeth. And so when I was reading this, and I was studying about resiliency, I had to ask myself, what's the difference between these two individuals? And I submit to you today, the difference is, each of them had a different level of resiliency. Each of them had a different level of resiliency. Now, we're going to talk today about resiliency, and, and I'm going to preach about, it's a practical message. And it's a little different than how I normally preach. It's more of a practical message of how to use skills and tools to make yourselves more resilient. Because as a pastor, I want you guys, some of our lives are here. We're, we're here, and I want you all to live up here. Does that make sense? And I don't want us just to be content with living here. I want us to go up here. And so I really want us to be resilient. Because let's face it, who's faced tough times in life? Every one of us, we all face adversity, we all face trials, we all face struggles, we all face issues. So, so what I want is us to soar. Everybody say soar. I want us to live lives where we soar. And we don't just settle for the $100 bill, we chase that inheritance. So today I'm going to talk about resiliency a little bit. And I'm going to talk to you about resiliency from a biblical perspective. All right? So if you look up resiliency in the dictionary or in Google or anywhere, if you look up resiliency... You're going to find a thousand different definitions. You're going to find different definitions. You're going to find stories about resiliency. You're going to find all kinds of stuff to deal with resiliency. The definition I want to use today comes from the military. A lot of you guys know I'm retired from the military. It comes from the military. I like this definition. And uh, Angel put it on the screen, but it says, Resiliency is the ability to withstand, recover, grow, and bounce back in the face of adversity, stressors, and changing situations. That's what I want for you. Amen? I want that for you. I want you to be able to bounce back, to recover, to grow in the face of changing situations and stressors and adversity. That's what I want for you. And I think that you want that for yourself. If I can be honest with you, I think you want that for yourself, right? 
And, and when we face tough, t- we're going to fail. All of us are going to fail. The Bible says all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We're going to struggle. We're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. But I want you to grow from them and learn from them. And can I tell you something real quick? You may disagree, but I have the mic, so it doesn't matter. Failure is okay. Because if you haven't failed, you're not trying hard enough. But you've got to grow from that failure. Does that make sense? You've got to grow from that failure. So let's jump into this today. John 16.33 tells us from Jesus' own mouth that we're going to face tr- trouble, we're going to face trials, we're going to have issues, right? What I want to show you today is that you can increase your resilient abilities. You can grow your resilience. Now, resilience isn't something that I can just take out of my pocket and give you. I wish I could. I wish it was something where I could just give it to you. But it's something that has to be learned, something that has to be taught, it's something that has to be practiced, it's something that has to be um, used. Have you guys heard the story of the trees that grow in the biodomes? They grow these trees inside of a dome. There's no wind, there's no rain, there's no pressure, there's no struggles, there's no nothing. And they grow these trees, and when they get so big, you know what happens to the trees? They fall down. Because they haven't faced adversity. They haven't faced the wind. They haven't faced anything, right? And I have this bouncy ball up here, and a lot of you guys have asked me, what are you going to do with the bouncy ball? Because I try to use good illustrations sometimes, right? And so... We, as people, sometimes need a hard surface to bounce back from, right? Because I want you to be resilient, so I want you to bounce back. So you have a hard surface, adversity, stress, financial issues, the loss of a loved one, addiction, whatever the struggle is. We need that to bounce back, hard surface. I have this chair up here. This is a soft surface. Watch what happens. Let me show you again. I got one laugh. Watch what happens. If I don't have a hard surface, I don't what? Just like that tree in the biodome. Those trees fall down. You don't see trees in San Antonio falling down. They face this wind, the rain, and adversity. So I want us to be able to bounce back. I don't want us to hit that. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying I want you to face hard times. But Jesus said you're going to. And who am I to argue with Jesus? So what I want to do is give us 10 biblical principles today, 10 principles to help us become more resilient people and help us bounce back. The first one is to develop a set of core beliefs that nothing can shake. Everybody say core beliefs. All right, so we all have to have beliefs. We all have to have values. And as Christians, we have a set of beliefs inside of us, and we have a set of values inside of us. We have to have the right kind of values. And as I was studying for this, I came across the scripture, Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what I want to do today is transform you. Transform your mind. Transform how you think. Transform what you would do in tough situations so that you become more resilient and you become a better person, a better Christian, better husband. Just, just be able to deal with those stressful situations better. The more closely the values of God are followed, the more resilient one will become. The more closely the values of God are followed, the more resilient I become. God is like a temple. He's a strong tower. And the closer that I am to him, the more protection I have and the more resilient that I am. The further I get away from him, the less protection I have. Right? 2 Peter 3.11 says, this is a long scripture. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Can you all admit there's corruption in the world? There's corruption in this world. 
this is what I want you to pay attention. These are values that I want to give to you. You may have heard them before that will help you become more resilient. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. To goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. Listen to me now. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. I don't want any of y'all to be ineffective or unproductive. I want you to be productive and effective. I want you to go out into the world and do great things. The song we sang, you are a king made for glory. So we don't want you to be ineffective and unproductive. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. So if you don't have these core values... You're nearsighted and you're blind. You're struggling. You're, you're walking through without a, a sight picture of what you need to do. And then he says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. What I want to give you today through the power of the Holy Spirit is the ability to not stumble. I want to give you the ability to be productive, effective, and not stumble. And what happens sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, we get stuck in ruts. You guys know what a rut is? And when you're driving and you get stuck in mud, the tires go down and you get stuck, and then you can't get out. You need like a lift, a lift you up, or you need something to get you out of it because you get stuck. And we get stuck in these patterns of thought, these ruts, these things that get us stuck, and then we can't get out of them. And I don't want us to be stuck because then we're unproductive and we're ineffective. I want us to be effective and experience the grace and the love and the mercy and the glory that Jesus Christ has for us and claim that victory. Amen? That's what I want for you today. Second point. You need to try to find meaning in whatever stressful situation or traumatic event has happened. So our first point is we're going to develop these core values. We're going to develop core values that are unshakable, that can't be broken. Our second point is that we need to find meaning in whatever stressful situation we're going through. Trials should be used as a training camp to help us grow. James says, consider pure joy, my friends, when you experience trials of many kinds. So when we go through trials, we should use those to help us grow. Remember the definition I gave you? The ability to grow, withstand, recover, and bounce back, right? So bounce back, help us grow, be able to get through that tough time and learn something new from it. The question I want you to ask yourself when you're facing tough times is not, God, why'd you allow this to happen to me? Because that's an unproductive, ineffective question. I want you to ask, God, what are you trying to teach me? You see that? Not, not why are you allowing this to happen to me, but what are you trying to teach me? And then I want to take it a step further. As servants, as Christians, God, what are you trying to teach me so that I can help somebody else? Because if I store up all this knowledge and goodness for myself, if I store up all the, if I come to church and I learn all these principles and I'm not going out and I'm not helping other people, man, I'm missing the mark. I'm missing the blessing. And I'm, I'm only living here. And I'm not living here. I'm not experiencing the full grace, right? Matthew 28 says we're called to go out into all the world and make disciples. You give the Lord some praise for that? Absolutely. And so I'm called to go out and I'm called to spread the good news to people. I'm called to have people see my joy that's unspeakable. So we got to figure out some sort of meaning. 
Now, it's easy for me to say that from the pulpit. It's easy to say, when you're facing a struggle and a trial, figure out some kind of meaning, right? It takes intentionality. It takes deliberateness. You gotta focus, and you gotta change your paradigm, change your mindset, and flip the script, and start to think a different way. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by renewing of your mind. That's my scripture for today. That's my scripture that everything feeds off of, right? So the question we gotta ask is, God, what are you trying to teach me? And then, what can I teach somebody else from this? What can I teach somebody else? James 5, 1 through 11 says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. When I think about standing firm, Zach taught at the men's prayer breakfast, and he did this analogy, and he said, when I think about standing firm, I think about my football days. And I plant my feet, Right? And I, and, I, and I stand firm. And I didn't play football, but I plant my feet, I stand firm, and I get ready for the hit. And, and I think when we face trials and struggles, we got to stand firm and be ready for the hits. And be ready, standing firm, and be patient, and have endurance, and have perseverance. I think that's what we need to learn how to do. And then it says, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering... Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So we know the story of Job, and I'm not going to go too much into it, but everything was taken from him. His wife said, curse God, and, and just die, and all these things. And Job persevered. He didn't curse God. He lamented. He asked God some questions, but he was able to become, bounce back and became resilient. He was able to get through that tough time. Like I said, life isn't all peaches and rainbows. We're going to have problems. We're going to have struggles. We're going to have trials. Third point is try to maintain a positive outlook. Now, this is difficult. So our first point is develop core values that are unshakable. I'm going to have these faith, goodness, gentleness, kindness, love, patience. I'm going to have these values that are unshakable. My second point is to find meaning and ask God, what are you trying to teach me? My third main point builds off of the second one. It's try to be positive. You guys know those people that are just positive in all situations? They're, they're, um, they're uh, magnetic. You want to be around those people. You're drawn to those people. Pastor Lee walks into a room and I'm like, bing! Like, ah, I'm drawn to him. Like, I've never, I work with him every day and, and I'm around him all the time and I never, I've never once heard him complain or say anything negative. That's, that, that's a testament to his positivity. Right? And so when we go through these tough times, we need to try to maintain a positive outlook. Because let's, uh, whew, I'm getting excited now. When we, when we go through life, we forget sometimes the positive and we focus on the negative. As humans, we focus on the negative. I didn't get the, the job. I didn't, the car is not good enough. I, I didn't get the raise. I, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. But we forget over here we have, we have a house over our head. We have these blessings. We have a loving family. We have a church family. We have all this stuff. And so we forget sometimes. And as, as humans, we're creatures of negativity. And we're drawn towards negativity. And we got to flip the script and focus on the positive. And look at the positive. There's always positive in every situation. There's always positive in every situation. But you got to find it you got to find it. Optimism and hopefulness and confidence about the future or successful outcome of something. you got to have optimism. you got to have hope. Right? And as Christians, we have a hope in Jesus Christ that he's going to redeem us and make all things new. And that should be able to get you through. 
We don't know who holds, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Does that make sense? We don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And I think we need to be okay with that. Next point, number four. Lean on people who are especially resilient. So we develop these core values, right? We're building on these principles, these biblical principles about how to become more resilient. We develop these core values. We try to find meaning in the situation. We stay positive in tough times, in situations, and then we surround ourselves with people who are resilient, people who are able to bounce back, people who are successful in tough times. We all know those people. We all have those people around us, and we know people who just have a joy that's unspeakable. When everything is falling apart, they're peaceful, they're tranquil, they're calm, they're rational, and they just praise the Lord. You know what I mean? They're just okay. I'm not saying that things are just going to be perfect, but they're okay with the situation. I've told you this before. God doesn't want to change our situation as much as he wants to change our spirit. So when our spirit, when our heart changes, when our heart changes, then our situation can change. When we change our spirit, then our situation can change. And God has went a step further, and he's given us scripture that tells us examples to follow and to not follow. 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 11 says, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be like idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual morality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as an example and were written down as warnings to us. Warnings to us. Lost my place here. On whom the culmination of the age has come. So we have, that's the beautiful thing about the Bible. It, it gives us a storyline. It gives us people to, be, uh, to emulate, to be followers of, and people not to be followers of, right? We all, every. Everybody in our lives is put there for a reason. We all have people in our lives. Some people are to follow. Some people are not to follow. Some people are to mentor. Some people require a little EGR. You know what that stands for? Extra grace required. Right? Some people require a little EGR. But we all have these people in our lives. And some of them are to follow. Some of them are not to follow. And so we want to surround ourselves with resilient people. No one likes, you know, positive people are magnetic, I said. Negative people are detrimentic. They come into a room and they create negativity and then it spreads. And it's, it's, it's not, it's detrimentic. It's a big word, my word of the day. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing me that word, right? And so, uh, I love having preaching, it's fun. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. That's what I'm talking about. And so, and so we need to surround ourselves with positive people. This number five, fifth main point, is, I think it's one of my favorite ones. Don't run from things that scare you. Face them. This is tough. We're all afraid of certain things. I lived my life in fear for years and years and years. Fear of the, my past. Fear of society. Struggling with PTSD, I had fear of everything. The world is, was just a scary place to me. right? And I wouldn't face things. And I was less resilient. I didn't have the ability to bounce back. My coping mechanisms were not positive. I wish someone would have given me this message before. My co actually, people were giving me the message. I just didn't want to hear it. I wasn't listening. 
Eyes weren't open. I was blinded by the God of this age, God of this world, right? Second Timothy says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The word timid in the King James Version is fear. Everybody say fear. We are not given a spirit of fear. We're given a spirit of faith. God is love. Perfect love drives out fear. We've been talking about love. Worship team did an awesome job today with praise, and everything was about love and the reckless love of God, and perfect love drives out fear. We can't live life afraid of minuscule things. We have to have faith, not fear. And God has given us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, a spirit of faith, not a spirit of fear. Because when we run from things, now I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing off of a soft spot because I'm trying to live my life in such a way where everything is not hard. Nothing's difficult. I was talking to a man um, yesterday, and he said, my whole life, I, 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 I try to do things the easy way. Try to do things the easy way. He never experienced that hard surface to bounce back from, right? And so we need sometimes that hard surface to bounce back from. We got to attack our problems before they attack us. We got to attack our problems before they attack us because they're going to come, come after us. Scientists have found that resilient people will, because negative things are going to happen in our lives. We're going to all have negativity, right? But negative, but positive people and people who face their problems will take captive that negativity and change what they can change and control what they can control. Now, we can't change everything. We can't control everything. But there's a lot of things we can control that we choose to let consume us. We allow that negativity into us, and it makes us less resilient. So when we face tough times, it's harder for us to bounce back. And the whole premise of this lesson is for you to grow and bounce back. When you face those, 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 those challenges and those issues, it's for you to be able to recover, withstand, and grow, and keep on moving forward. Perseverance. Perseverance. Like I said before, each trial that you overcome is a training camp for the next thing. Each trial is a training camp. God will never give you more than you can handle, and whenever there's a temptation, he'll always give you a way out. There's always a way out, and he'll never give you more than what you can handle. So don't be afraid. Live your life in such a way that you are a light and the salt of the earth that is glowing to other people so they can see how good God is to you and what he has done for you in your life. That's my, my prayer for you. Number six, this one's personal to me. Ask for help. Ask for help and support. Ask for help and support. We don't, a lot of times we don't ask for help. We don't ask for help. Our pride gets in the way, our shame, our guilt, our past. We're afraid of what people are going to think about us. And if I could just be real for a second, I think that we as a people are stronger when we ask for help than when we don't ask for help. For years, you guys know my story, and I don't like to share my testimony too often because I don't like to talk about myself, but for years I didn't ask for help. And I struggled, and I had problems, and I had issues, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until I finally submitted and asked for help. So we got to ask for help. Trevor gave this analogy one time, and it's very good. I've heard it before. And he said, when you have a broken arm, you're going to go to the doctor, and you're going to ask for help. Right? If you have a, a broken neck, you're going to go ask for help. You're going to go to the doctor. But if you have a, a, a mental disability or a, a problem struggling with resiliency, you have a family issue, you have a problem that's um, something you need to talk through, why don't we ask for help? 
We do the opposite. We try to handle it on our own. We have a God who wants to go through that struggle with us, and he's there for us, and he's asking us just to reach out to him, and he's saying, I'm a good Abba. I am your father. I am there for you. Reach out to me. Call upon my name, and I will answer you, and he's there for us. We got to ask for help. We have to ask for help. We got to submit and let that pride go. Let that pride go. Because the reality is, we all have problems. Every one of us has problems. We all have issues, right? And some of us have the same issues that other people have. That's why God created the church. He created the body so we can become one, mature in unity and faith together, and grow together, and learn together, and, and build off each other. That, that's part of the, the whole thing of fellowship. Number seven, learn new things as often as you can. Learn new things as often as you can. And I'm talking about reading books. I'm talking about diving into the scripture, into the word. I'm talking about learning as much as you can. And a lot of times we learn when it comes to resiliency from our past experiences. So I go through a trial in a training camp, and I learn from it, right? And I, I get stronger and I get tougher. And so we learn from our past experiences. It helps us bounce back. It helps us recover. It helps us grow. So we got to learn. Lifelong learning. Pastor Lee always has this thing that he says, says if you're not growing, you're dying. So if you're not growing, you're dying. So we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to read books, we want to study the scripture. We want to have our spiritual disciplines, our prayer time with the Lord, right? Our time that we set apart to learn, to grow, to dive into the word, to uh, just be in communion with God. And we learn from those experiences and we learn from those tough times. Studies show that engaging the mind in learning as well as meditating on the knowledge raises resilience through renewing the mind. And the whole premise of this lesson, of this sermon, is Romans 12, 2, be transformed by a renewing of your mind. That's going to help you become more resilient. It's going to help you bounce back. It's going to help you recover. Number eight, don't beat yourself up or dwell on the past. It's a tough one. Do we have any self-beaters in here? Self-beaters, I was one for years. I still am very hard on myself. Still very hard on myself. Don't beat yourself up about the past or dwell in it. Learn from it. Don't do it again. But don't beat yourself up about it. What good does that do? The temptation is to beat yourself up. The temptation is to say, I did this, I'm a failure, I messed up, I'm, 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 I'm a mistake, I'm this, I'm that. And sometimes people will tell you those things too. Don't listen to those people. Love them from afar. But, but I can't beat myself up over my past. And I did it for years. I struggled and beat myself up for years. Couldn't forgive myself, the things that I had done, and that was just a, it made me a terrible person. Don't beat yourself up or dwell over it. Break contact with it, learn from it, and move forward. And move forward. Jesus has forgiven you. When you accept him as your Lord and Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and he looks at his book and, and he says, Thomas, no record of wrongs. I'm justified, right? No record of wrongs. He's sinned. He's blameless. Now, I still sin. I have to repent and change my ways. But according to God, I'm perfect. I'm made new in his creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a new transformation. So who am I if the maker of all heavens and earth can say that I'm forgiven? Who am I to beat myself up? It's almost, to me, looking back now on it, it's almost like slapping God in the face and saying, who, who, who are you, God? I forgive, I can't forgive myself, but you forgive me? Pfft. Right? We, we got to forgive ourselves. And, and, and again, I know that's a hard thing to do, right? But forgiveness isn't 
I don't want to go too deep into forgiveness, but forgiveness isn't necessarily an emotion. It's an act. It's a choice. I choose to forgive you for your record of wrongs. I choose to forgive you for what you did to me, and then I'm giving it to God, and I'm letting it go. I'm letting him deal with this situation. I'm making a choice to say, I no longer hold a grudge against you, and I no longer hold that record of wrongs that you did to me, right? And then I have to do it to myself. I have to forgive myself as well. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I don't know what's harder. For me, I think it's forgiving myself because I did a lot of bad things. But forgiving somebody else or forgiving myself, I don't know which one's harder. I want to say forgiving yourself I think is more difficult. But we also have to learn to forgive others. One, we're commanded to in the Bible. And two, when you release that, it does something to you. It, makes, it, it gives you a peace and a tranquility and a sense of, of happiness and joy when you're able to release that off of yourself to someone else. It gives you the ability to, to let it go. Like Frozen, let it go, let it go, don't hold it up anymore, right? You got to let it go. You got to let it go. My wife gets so embarrassed when I sing. You gotta let it go. Difficult, challenging. It's a choice. Just like love is a choice, it's not an emotion. I choose to love my wife, right? It's, it's, it's a choice. So we need to learn how to forgive other people. And then when you do that, it's gonna, re- it's gonna release in you the ability to not hold on to that rage, that anger, that pent up frustration, all that stuff that's inside when you, when, you, when you let it go. When you let it go. It really will help you. It really will help you. So uh, today, if you hold on to a grudge with someone, f- search your soul, search your heart, and find a way to forgive. Find a way to forgive. Find a way to forgive. It's going to help you be more resilient. It's going to help you to be able to bounce back and recover when tough times happen. Number nine, y'all won't like this one. Find an exercise routine and stick with it. Resilient people work out. Studies have shown Exercise releases endorphins in your body. It helps you become more resilient. It helps you bounce back. I love youth group because the kids come to youth group, and a lot of them are they're struggling with just whatever, whatever's going on in their lives, right? They're, they're, your kids have problems just like we have problems. They have grades. They have peer pressure. They have bullying. They have all kinds of problems that are going on just like us as adults, and we forget that sometimes. So, you know, love your kids. Love on those kids. But um, they come to youth group, and, and they play a game. And they just cut up and act wild. Dodgeball, we make them eat pickles and pickle eating contests and bananas with their feet and suck bananas through socks. And we do all kinds of crazy things in youth group, right? And when they do those things, when they're working out, like dodgeball or basketball, they forget about all their problems. And when you work out, a lot of times it, it, relieves, it relieves stress in us that allows us to let that stuff go. And even if it's just for 30 minutes, I can use 30 extra minutes of peace and tranquility in my life every day. Amen. Can you? I can use that extra time. I can use some peace in my life, a little bit of extra. So find an exercise routine and stick with it. But it's got to work for you. A lot of times we set unrealistic expectations when it comes to working out. We got to set realistic expectations that work for our lives. We're busy. We're, we're busy. We come to church. We have jobs. We have kids. We have families. We have priorities. We have houses to take care of. It's got to work for you. It's got to work for you. 
So you got to find that plan that works for you and stick with it to become more resilient. And then number 10, the last point, is figure out what strengths you have and own them. And own those strengths. So what I mean by that is we all have strengths. We all have things we're good at. The Holy Spirit has given us gifts and we all have things that we're good at. We all have strengths. We all have abilities and talents. So you want to find, figure out what your strengths are. You can do this numerous ways. Personality and strength assessments, you can Google them, they're free. You can look them up and, and, and do stre- like strength finders is one of them. And it'll tell you your strengths. You can look up a bunch of different ones. You can learn from other people. We did an exercise on Wednesday with the youth in my group where we went around and we told each other our strengths. What strengths have you observed in this person? What strengths have you seen this person exhibit? You can ask for peer feedback. What strengths do do you have? What have you seen that I have? It's not being cocky. It's asking for honest, candid feedback of what strengths you have so you can learn and you can grow from those things and use those things. Right? Because I want to focus on my, if I'm going through a tough time, I want to focus on my strengths. One of my personal strengths is that I don't, I don't quit. I may complain, I may gripe, but I don't quit. Like if I stick to, if I start something, I'm going to stick to it. The only things I've ever quit in my life are smoking and drinking, which are good things to quit. Right? But I don't quit. I don't give up. I may be nervous. I may be anxious, but I'm still going to continue to stick that thing out, whatever it is, in those tough times. And then one skill that I just want to close on that unites all of us, that we all have a strength, is faith. Is faith. Abraham had it, Moses had it, David had it, we all have faith. In, in our Savior, in our Lord, for what he has done already and what he's going to do. So we have to rely on that. And as a body of believers, we have to rely on that together and our faith. And then, so if you use those things, those ten just tips. Now, those aren't the only tips to be resilient, but if you use those things, it's going to help you bounce back and then recover and grow and be able to bounce back from tough times and not get stuck uh, in ruts and negative patterns and struggle. Does that make sense? So my hope then today is that through the Holy Spirit and through this message, you took something out of it. You, you got something, a little tidbit, a little nugget, something you can use to help you when tough times happen. Because I would be lying if I said the second you accept Jesus, everything is perfect. Because not, that's not realistic. You're still going to have problems. Jesus teaches that himself. But what I want is for when you go through those tough times, to be able to grow, to be able to bounce back, to be able to recover, and, and, and grow and generate in you the strength so that when the next tough time happens, you're able to get through that tough time, and that tough time, and that tough time. And you're able to do it with your moral integrity and your character intact. Without questioning who you are at the center of your your core beliefs, who you are as a person. So let me pray for you. Let me pray for you as we close. Dear God, we just come to you, Lord, and we're just in awe of your majesty and your wonder, Lord. And we're in awe of how great you are. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to speak today from the pulpit. And I pray, Lord, with all my heart that a couple things happen. Lord, I pray that someone in this seats, in this pews, realized through the worship and through the praise that you love them and they are a child of God. Someone that today was struggling. They didn't know what their purpose was. They didn't know what they were going to do. Hard times were happening. Something called them to church, Lord, and they didn't know where they were going to go and they didn't know the next steps they were going to take and they had no idea what they were going to do. And they're going through just a difficult time, Lord. 
And I pray that they realize today, now in this moment, in these seats, that you love them so very much. And that's an unconditional love. It's an agape love. It's a love that never ends. It's a love that's unconditional, meaning they could do no wrong in your sight. Lord, I pray that they realize that today. Lord, help them to accept your love. Sometimes we, we, we hear that you love us, but we don't accept it. I pray that they would accept your love. They would accept your grace. They would accept your mercy. They would receive it, and they would cherish it. And then, Lord, I pray that, Lord, we know we're going to have tough times. Lord, we know we're going to have struggles. We know we're going to have trials. We know we're going to have issues. I pray that something in them that was said today would stick and help them become more resilient. Help them to be able to bounce back and to grow in stressors, in adversity, Lord. Help them ask that question, what are you trying to teach me, Lord, and what can I teach somebody else? And Lord, through that process, Lord, we can build a, a more resilient body, and we can, through that, then serve you and serve your kingdom. Lord, I pray that everybody has a great Sunday. I pray that everybody has a great Thanksgiving holiday, Lord. Lord, we give you thanks, and we give you praise, and we give you honor. And Lord, we just pray you continue to watch over us, that you continue to bless us, Lord, continue to find favor upon us, Lord. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said together, amen. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.